the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 16th, 2011. And today we're going to be continuing the study we started last week regarding 19 ways they, quote, they are trying to kill us. Red level alert. Um, We're going to be going through, I don't know, three to four parts today, I I would say. And how far I get in this, I really don't know. It's probably highly unlikely that I'll be able to actually complete the study this week because I've added more to it. There's just more stuff coming in that's actually providing cross-confirmation of the particular topics we're talking about. So the first thing, just look at some Bible verses here, a little Bible study. And the first verse is, uh, first verse is Isaiah 9, 6 through 9, 7. And it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called and these are all capitalized, Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is in reference to Jesus Christ. This is before Jesus Christ was ever born. Um, you know, men, very, very, uh, as far as the time period goes, we're talking a long time before Jesus Christ was ever even born. One of the many prophecies in the Bible that actually predicted his coming with total accuracy. And they're into the hundreds that were fulfilled um, from the Old Testament that were fulfilled with his birth, life, death, and resurrection. And um, just further confirmation that the Bible is the word of God, and it is true. So, we go to the next verse, Isaiah 9-7, And of his increase and of his government in peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it, And to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But notice that it also says, regarding the kingdom that he's going to set up, he's going to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. So that's literally like the bedrock the foundation of his coming kingdom. Judgment and justice. True, righteous judgment and justice. And particularly, I'm going to key on that verse, the the word today, justice. We talked a lot about righteous judgment, but also today we're going to be, just with this little Bible study, keen on justice, that word. So just to give you a little etymology of that word justice, its derivation, uh, we're looking here in the Old Testament, uh, and uh, from a lexicon, Strong's, uh, justice is, is associated with uh, righteousness, uh, also associated with righteousness in government, uh, righteousness of God's attributes, righteousness in case or cause, Righteousness as in truthfulness, righteousness as ethically right, righteousness as vindicated justification, salvation, um, and righteous acts. So, again, we might have a preconceived notion of justice, what it may mean, but this is the the derivation of the word 
from the uh, Old Testament uh, Hebrew. So just to give you a little more clarification there. Now let's go further. <clears throat> Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-three. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as yet they shall use this speech in the land of Judah and the cities thereof, when I shall bring again their captivity. The Lord bless thee, O habitation of justice and the mountain of holiness. So, <clears throat> this mountain of holiness is also associated with the habitation of justice. And I think this is one of the reasons it's so grievous to live in the day and times we live in as a born-again Bible-believing Christian because there's so much injustice uh, in the world. Not only in the court systems, which is where you think of the word, you know, justice type of thing, which, you know, are so corrupt. Uh, but also, kind of everywhere, not everywhere, but a, so many places that you look, you see injustice. <clears throat> and I'm kind of keen on this one word to kind of give us, you know, a remedy regarding this particular particular word. Uh, going further, Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. So, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Iniquity being sin, essentially. So there's things that we can do to hinder our prayers. And then, and then the next verse, for, for your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue hath muttered perverseness. And then, okay, so it's saying all these things, your iniquities have separated you, he's not going to hear you. Okay, then more specifically, your hands are defiled blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. Now, when a person is in that state, here's a natural byproduct of that, which is the next verse. Because you can associate, by cross-comparison, you can associate things, attributes that the Bible talks about, with other attributes. And one of the things when that dynamic happens... Hands defiled blood, fingers with iniquity, speaking lies, muttering perverseness. Next verse says, one of the things that, that's associated with that, None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. So this is something I think we should be doing. God likes that. He likes us when we call out for justice, God's righteous judgment, or when we plead for truth. Or when we call for his righteous judgment. None call up for justice, nor any plea for truth. So in other words, this is very important for God. Uh, looking at mankind. They trust in vanity, they speak law and speak lies. <clears throat> they conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. If we go a little further in that verse, uh, to verse 9, Isaiah 59, 9, Therefore is judgment far from us. Now I've been quoting... This particular portion of scripture a lot lately, Isaiah 59, regarding judgment and what God's righteous judgment and justice. Uh, 59.9, Isaiah 59.9 says, Therefore is judgment far from us, meaning God's righteous judgment, tends to uh, be far from a nation where these dynamics are taking place with iniquity and, and you know, hands defiled with blood and fingers with iniquity and speaking lies and muttering perverseness. And there's a lot of other things this portion of scripture mentions as well. 
Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. So, justice, true righteous judgment, or justice overtaking a person, is a good thing. Well, if they're a righteous person, I mean, obviously, if you're a serial killer, justice overtaking you won't be a really good thing. But it'll sure be a good thing for humanity. It'll sure be a good thing for all your potential victims. If justice were to overtake a serial killer, I'm using this as an extreme, no-brainer kind of example. If justice were to overtake a serial killer, when he's like, okay, let's say he's killed so many people, and he has the intention of killing as many more as he possibly can. Well, if justice overtakes that person, God's righteous justice and judgment, and he's either locked up or destroyed, that's a really good thing for his victims that now, his potential victims that now will not be his victims. That's why I always go back to, you know, you look at Psalm 64, which I've done a whole teaching on in Precatory Prayers, where it says, But God shall shoot at them with an arrow, suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and shall fear, and shall declare the works of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in, in the Lord, and trust in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. So see, when God's just, justice comes and judgment comes, it's always a good thing. It's a bad thing for the bad guys, but it's a good thing for the righteous. And obviously, our righteousness is through Jesus Christ. And, and through, you know, this salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross. So, I'm just kind of trying to get you to kind of see, from a biblical standpoint, the different aspects of justice and judgment and truth and these types of things. So, going further, let's see here. Therefore, judgment is far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. And judgment is turned away backward. True righteous judgment. And justice standeth afar off. So you see all these injustices occurring. It's a byproduct of the actual culture and society that we're living in. This end time wickedness that we're right in the middle of. Essentially. The Bible says the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Psalm 12, verse 8. Well, look who we got in the White House. Look who we have in Hollywood. And a lot of the politicians and a lot of the elite in the world. That The Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So, we got a lot of highly esteemed people, but they're an abomination in the sight of God. And the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. So, when you have wicked people walking on every side, when the vilest men are exalted, well, this is the kind of society that that breeds, essentially. Going further, let's see here. For truth is fallen in the street, 
and equity cannot enter. Uh, next verse, Isaiah 58, 2 says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They asked of me the ordinances of justice. It's kind of an interesting thing to possibly apply to your prayer life. Asking for the ordinances of justice. Hmm, that's kind of cool. They take delight in approaching to God. In other words, people that do these things, they, they these are all associated together. As a nation that did righteousness, they forsook not the ordinance of God. They asked of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. It's all associated together. So, interesting thing that, that you could potentially apply to your prayer life, prayer life there. I just did a derivation of that word, ordinances, in that particular verse that we just talked about. <clears throat> Uh, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. The ordinances of justice. We've already done one of justice, but what does ordinances mean? The ordinances of justice. That actually word is derived from the word mishpat. Probably butchering the actual way you say it, but anyway, it means judgment, justice, ordinance, uh, judgment, act of deciding the case, seat of judgment, process, case, Sentence, execution of judgment, it's, it's all, it's very closely related to justice. It actually also means justice, it's, it's almost a different way of saying it. Uh, looks like very much in the uh, a courtroom type setting, it would also be applicable. So anyway, uh, going further, <clears throat> uh, Isaiah 56.1 says, Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment. And do justice, for my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this. Doeth what? Keeping judgment, doing justice. Now remember, this is not sanctimonious, hypocritical judgment where Jesus Christ was in reference to where he said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. This is not this does not have to be confusing. Okay? That's when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your others and your brothers or your sisters. Um, he also said, "Judge righteous judgment." Jesus Christ said that. Uh, the Bible also says, "If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged." The Bible also says, "He who is spiritual judgeth all things." And this is New Testament. So you have to understand. I mean, you got to rightly divide the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. Okay, this is rightly dividing the word of truth. These preachers that get up there and say, oh, you know, bless God, don't judge. Well, you have to judge every time you walk out the door. Well, I mean, if you didn't judge ever, well, you just go right through that red light. Every time it was red, I'm not going to judge that red light. I'm just going to go right through it. I'm not, you know, you go to your stove and, and the handle's red hot on the pot with the boiling water or whatever, or fry pan, and you, you're like, I'm not going to judge that handle, I'm just going to, you know, grab it. You know, you, you got a third degree burn or whatever. You have to judge. It's, it's something, it's, it's righteous judgment. It's, uh, some of it's just purely commonsensical judgment. But that was what 
and, he, and Jesus goes on to say in that portion of scripture about the hypocrite judging, is, you know, pull out the beam in your own eye so you can judge the speck in your brothers. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just not, you don't want to be doing it sanctimoniously and hypocritically. You know, the Bible says if you see your brother overtaken on a fault, go to such an one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. And then there, there's also things in the Gospels where Jesus says, you know, gives you the actual way to actually go to someone. And then the Bible talks about accuse not an elder unjustly. There's a lot of different verses in the Bible that, that you can be applied to this subject. But righteous judgment and righteous justice are always a good thing. They always have a positive outcome in society. Not for the wicked. The wicked, this is like their worst nightmare. Which is one of the reasons we should... Um, Pray regarding these matters. You know, here it says, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. Why not pray for it? Why not pray for righteous judgment? I did a whole teaching on imprecatory prayers. Psalm 64, imprecatory prayers. You can go to contendingfortruth.com and key in in imprecatory. I-M-P-E-R-P-R-E-C-A-T-O-R-Y, think. Imprecatory prayers of Psalm 64. should come up. It's not about, the thing is, is it's not about wanting revenge on your enemies. And I'm not saying that that sometimes, you know, let's face it, I mean, if somebody's done you really, really wrong, you know, you're only human type of thing. I'm not saying that people couldn't ever experience those emotions, but I think that we're looking at the reason you pray in a precatory prayer is not so you can get your own way or have revenge on your enemies or, or take delight in their demise. It is that the natural byproduct of true righteous judgment is always a positive good thing in the Bible. All men will see and fear and declare the work of God for they shall wisely consider of his doing. Okay, what does that imply? That implies when, when we see God's righteous judgment, and that's Psalm 64 I was just quoting from, after God shoots at them with the arrow, the wicked. Okay, so it's always a positive thing. Um, All men will see and fear declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. Well, if somebody's in that mindset, okay, let's say they see God's judgment, well, there's going to be a much higher likelihood they're going to get saved. If they're going through life thinking there's no consequences to sin, or maybe they've been brought up Darwinistically, where, oh, we just, you know, we're, we evolved from the primordial slime and we evolved into, you know, the three-toed sloth, into an ape, into the Piltdown Man, or whatever. And then, you know, they think we're just an animal created. But if they see God's righteous judgment and they start to think about this, there's a much higher likelihood they're going to get saved. The Bible says, yes, the goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance, but also it also says the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. A lot of people get saved through God's severity, which is really God's goodness. Whatever it takes to get them saved, doesn't matter. It's better that they get saved through severity than have a, you know, wonderful whatever life in in their eyes and then burn in hell forever. I mean, what's more merciful? So, when all men see and fear and declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing, that's a really good thing. And then it says, the righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. What does that mean? It's an encouragement to the righteous, to, in this case, the born-again Bible believers. It's an encouragement to the righteous. It also builds their faith. 
I believe that's implied there. All men, you know, I, I think it, it implies that. It's going to build your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, it's a good thing all the way around. So, if we go further, uh, let's see here. I'll just start over here. Uh, Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come. I also believe that in that environment, when people are praying and keeping and doing righteous judgment and righteous justice, salvation, people getting saved is much more prevalent. If we go back to the verse we were talking about, Isaiah 59, one of the, one of the things that where it says judgment is turned backward, justice standeth afar off, truth is fallen in the street, equity cannot enter, Okay, when, you, when you're in that dynamic, let me just kind of read you that verse to understand that. Let me just read that, because it, it applies to this last one. It says, for my salvation is near to come. When, again, people are keeping justice and judgment. And then it says, my righteousness is to be revealed. So, in contrast, if we go to Isaiah 59, it says... Again, we, we've already read this, but yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from me... Well, actually, no, this is a continuation of the other verse I just read. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey, which, unfortunately, is becoming more and more prevalent. People that departing from evil are going to be the targets now. Because the world, in general, is calling evil good and good evil. In that environment, in this environment where iniquity abounds and wickedness becomes the standard of behavior, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Like, you know, like, you know, a prey. If you don't understand what that means, like, okay, let's say an animal is stalking another animal. That's his prey. He's preying on that animal. Not P-R-A-Y, it's P-R-E-Y. Make of himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. God hates that. And he saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. There wasn't enough prayer going up regarding these issues, in other words. Therefore, his arm, meaning God's arm, brought salvation unto him, unto God, and his righteousness, it sustained him. What does that mean? That means that it's very hard in that environment for anyone to actually get biblically converted. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's much it's much less likely. I mean, it's just much less likely to see people getting truly born again and saved in that environment that's being described here. Whereas when when you keep judgment and you do justice, it says, for my salvation is near to come. It says in Isaiah 56, verse 1, and my righteousness to be revealed. See, that's a byproduct. People getting saved when this happens. I don't really ever remember hearing a sermon on this. Not to say I'm indicting all pastors. I just, you know, I was in the whole modern day 501c3 corporate church for a long time. I just don't remember seeing a teaching on this. Not to say I'm like the dispenser of all knowledge or anything. It's just, it's really obvious. 
What's going on here? I don't think there's enough prayer going up regarding this. There's not a prayer going up regarding this from me. Let me indict myself first. Because I'm not sitting here acting like I'm Mr. High and Mighty up here. I'm preaching or teaching this to myself as much as I, I would anyone else, in other words. So, but it is something to think about. It is something to add, possibly, like, to your prayer list. I mean, it's it's really a no-brainer. In the Bible, you know, this is just one example. There are hundreds and hundreds of examples of this same dynamic taking place. And then it, the, it ends in verse, uh, Isaiah 56, verse 2, the last verse, is, Blessed is the man that doeth this. Doeth what? Keeping judgment, doing justice. And I believe all, that also means praying. Remember, the one verse the Bible verse says, Ask of me the ordinances of justice. Is there injustice that's happened in your life? Think about it that way. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously you can pray this in general. You can also pray it for specific matters. Maybe in your life. Have you had injustice done to you? Is it just been just beyond satanic? You know it's just satanic injustice? Well, maybe this is a wonderful remedy for that. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things you can you can do to hinder your prayers. And, and I've got a teaching I've done. You can just key in prayer, or it's called, I think, the Biblical Keys to Answer Prayer. I've done several studies on prayer. You just key in prayer in the search box at uh, contendingfortruth.com. But I'm telling you, I really believe that this is really near and dear to God's heart. And I look at this verse in Isaiah 59, and I'm thinking, wow, this is like the world. I know it's a lot of it's America. Not to say everyone, but a, it's, it's like a cancer. Uh, this iniquity, when iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. That means grow cold. So when you have iniquity abounding in a nation, and I really believe a lot of people, they've just had their consciences seared, their heart has been hardened, they've had their conscience seared with a hot iron, as it talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh, the Holy Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. When you have that dynamic taking place, this is a remedy for that. Praying for the ordinances of justice and, and righteous judgment and, and, and uh, let's say collectively for a nation and in specific things and also things in your own life where you've had total and seen total injustices done. I mean, one of the worst I saw was with my parents' company that they had and I've, I've said this before, but I mean, you know, it was a multi-million dollar company that was, that was essentially stolen from them. Totally stolen. And I mean, from like the fifth richest family in Minnesota. I mean, this is what they did. This is how they did business, we found out. This is what they do. Just pure wickedness. Now, is that family that did that and the group of lawyers that did that to my parents, are they... Are they truly benefiting by getting away with that? And this is just an example. I'm not saying that, that it's the great, a great example or it's a... But I'm, I'm using it as an example. 
No, they're not. Nothing good will ultimately come from them getting, even for them. It's just going to be more punishment for them in hell. Now, I pray if it be possible, their souls be saved. I believe they're probably Illuminati. I, pr- I believe they're probably generational Luciferians. From the wickedness and the connections that they had, to be able to go buy off judge after judge, and I'm talking high-level federal judges here, because it went federal. My dad fought tooth and nail. Problem was, for my dad, was that he was a man himself laden with iniquity. Not saying that I'm judging him, I'm just saying he... Him and my mom both had some serious issues. And it wasn't as though God could... They weren't saved. It wasn't as though... I'm not saying God couldn't intervene on their behalf. It was just highly unlikely. And it was the very thing that I believe ultimately led to their physical and mental and emotional demise, which ultimately led... They had to be essentially brought down so low and stripped of every single thing, including, ultimately, their health and their lives at the very end, in order for them to get saved. It was the only way it was going to happen. Every bit of pride had to be stripped from them. God knows what it's going to take to save somebody. In their particular case, it took them losing every single thing, including their lives and their health, ultimately for them to finally get humbled enough to get saved. Which is what I had prayed for. I didn't pray for them to lose everything, but I prayed for whatever it took for them to get saved, and that's ultimately what happened. So I'm not, from that standpoint, mad about it, but the fact is, is they did get away with it. So it's just an example of, of this type of uh, a thing. So it says, Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it. So just some things to think about. I think this is very applicable regarding the days and times we're living in regarding a lot of the things that we might be going through on a personal level. Each of us, we have our own things that we're dealing with and and, and I'm sure that you could look at this and say, wow, yeah, I can apply this in my own life. And this will be a good thing. This will be a positive thing. It might be a terror to the wicked. Well, praise the Lord. They need to be terrified. It's their only hope of getting saved, if it be possible. You know? So, anyway, and and it's very applicable regarding the things that we're talking about today. We're going to start here with a continuation of um, last week's teaching. I didn't get through vaccinations, and that's actually, let me just see here. So we're only on the fourth point, and I hate to say that, but there's 19 points. Uh, we're on vaccinations, and um, just I know I've covered this topic in times past, but there's just more information on this. And uh, I really believe that these vaccinations are ultimately going to be one of the main ways that humanity is defiled. And I mean their DNA is defiled. And I've talked about that a lot in times past. The DNA. Um, As it was in the days of Noah, Jesus Christ, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was going on in Noah's day? The main, main thing was that the sons of God, the, the angels that fell, saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives, all that they chose. And then it says, in those days were giants. They bore them giants. The men of old, the men of renown. The word giants derived from the word Nephilim or Nephilim from the Hebrew, and uh, meaning the fallen ones. They were part 
human, part fallen angel. Their DNA had been corrupted. That same agenda is afoot today regarding so many different things. And I, I got into like last week, like the GMOs. And, and But the most direct way I really believe they can get to our DNA would be through vaccinations. As far as affecting large swaths of the population, the vaccinations would be the most no-brainer, easiest way. Let us just inject this tainted, cursed, witch's brew, DNA-tainted injection into your bloodstream. And, you know, fat chance your immune system is going to be able to cope with this toxic brew, baby. That's how they're looking at it. What's happening to a person on a spiritual level when they take a, take a vaccination that's a cultured off an aborted baby or a diseased green Reese's monkey kidney? And I'm not making this stuff up. These are some of the culturing mediums. Aborted babies being at the top of the list. I believe it's up to like 19 now of the vaccinations cultured off aborted babies. Why is it they're so obsessed with injecting this poison into us? And we're and, and why is it that the media and the government, why is that that they're so obsessed with getting our bodies defiled with this foreign tainted DNA? Not only that, the capability of um, injectable microchips, both microchip dust with which Hitachi had developed probably ten years ago at this point, and also microchips uh, in the actual tip of the needle. And, and they've got, the technology just, just keeps getting better and better and better, so where you're, not, you're really not sure what you're getting injected with. You just don't really know. And considering that the transhumanism agenda that is there, where they're trying to make people post-human, literally part man, part machine, it'd be a great way, way to actually impose that technology on people without them even knowing about it. They, for years, they've had these things called injectable nanorobots, where they're little machines that, microscopic, that can be injected into people that can do all manner of evil. But they say, you know, we, we would only use it for good ever. Yeah, right. Well, first story we have today, continuing from last week. California seizes kids under age of 12 and up for vaccines without parental consent. Many of you have already probably seen this. This is October 10th. It's just happened. California Governor Edmund Gerald Brown, a man that we should be praying for, especially in light of the verses I just mentioned. The, remember, the Bible says, Jesus, uh, essentially the word God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. So I'm, I never advocate anybody going out and, you know, doing physical harm to somebody. But when you pray for righteous judgment and righteous justice, you know, if there is somebody wicked that is responsible for things, God will deal with them. California Governor Edmund Gerald Brown has effectively taken possession of children age of 12 and older. By removing the need for parental consent for vaccines. Merck and other pharmaceutical giants must be loving this fascist law. Remember, fascism is when you have the government 
in league, in literally a business partnership with big corporations. And in this case, the pharmaceutical cartels. Yoking up. Fascism. AB 499 was signed into law on October 9th, 2011. The bill is unconstitutional, exemplifying tyranny at its greatest level. This violates a parent's right and duty to protect their children from harm. It violates the most basic understanding of parental rights. It threatens to cause the very disease it purports to protect against. As Gardasil is contaminated with viral HPV. See, Gardasil is contaminated with the very with HPV, human papillomavirus. It's contaminated. And they're ejecting it. This is why, remember last week I was talking about Gardasil, and the one lady said after my daughter had received the HPV vaccine, not only was she dead, uh, decimated physically and emotionally, but she kept getting warts all appearing all over her. What is HPV? Genital warts. Human papillomavirus is genital warts. Except in this case, the warts were coming out on her hands and all kinds of places. I mean, it's so sick, it it defies imagination almost. This devil governor, Edmund Gerald Brown, has basically said, okay, we're going to remove the need for parental consent for these vaccines. And if you're at least by the age of 12, you don't need parental consent anymore. You could just come and, and, and the nurse, and they do this a lot. They take you off to the side. Well, hey... Listen, dear, I mean, you can get this, and mommy or daddy don't even have to know about it now. You can get this nice tainted witch's brew of cursed substances injected right into your bloodstream, and you'll probably, who knows what will happen to you, physically, emotionally, spiritually. But you can do it without parental consent anymore. From what I've seen, you can't even take an aspirin, typically, in a a public school without parental consent, or, or any schools. I believe the same governor just passed a thing that you can't, like, uh, uh, a teenager has to be at least 18 years old or something in order to go into a tanning bed without parental consent. But yet they can get this cursed witch's brew injected into them at the age of 12 and mommy or daddy don't need to know. Imagine the horror of a parent and their child's been injected with this and they don't even know about it, and then all of a sudden they, they, they become like so many other Gardasil victims. Many have died. Uh, I'll get into that later. Or they start having all these horrific symptoms. And this is a series of three shots as well. And they start having increasing neurological symptoms, and who knows? There's so many symptoms. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. This is the quintessential essence of what I was just talking about in the study on we just did on the word justice. There's no justice in this. There's no righteousness in this. This is a wicked, evil, cursed thing that has just happened. This AB 499 signed into law. Unfortunately, this is where the world is heading. This is going to become Unfortunately, most likely more than norm. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.13 that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, meaning grow, deceiving and being deceived. 
This is just a, a, an example of this governor of an evil man and seducer deceiving and being deceived. But I'm not saying God can't intervene. Call upon me and I will show thee great, great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's what the Bible says. You just have to have the faith to believe it. So, again, from an intercessory standpoint, things to pray about. Here's a uh, an article related to this. In six countries, Merck's Gardasil contaminated with genetically engineered viral HPV. Yeah, Taylor just brought up the point about the particular Planned Parenthood, uh, the number one abortion provider, pretty much, I believe, worldwide, because they're another, they've got their tentacles in other countries as well. Underage girls being able to go in there and get abortions without parental consent happens all the time. They've got the phone recordings of the, you know, them doing this. And all of these things, it's funny because, you know, the more wicked the thing there is, it's funny, the age of consent for those, some of the most wicked things in the sight of God are now all becoming, you don't need parental consent. You can do it and nobody needs to know about it. And I mean, abortion, Gardasil shots, vaccinations. As long as it's really, really mega wicked, you don't need, you're, it's going to get to the point where you don't need parental consent. They're trying to get the, the age of, um, you know, in so many different countries, the age of um, sexual consent lower, lowered and lower. There's whole pedophile movements, you know, to get it lower and lower and lower. It'll never be low enough for them. But, I mean, the age of consent. Well, that would be, you know, the, you don't have to have parental consent. The child can, can supposedly consent to it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read you a couple points from this article that I uh, there's a link to I didn't really go into it but it's it's in six countries Merck's Gardasil contaminated with genetically engineered genetically engineered so this was a genetically modified viral HPV human papillomavirus so this is like the Franken virus of HPV. This is even probably worse than, than what would naturally, way worse than what would you would naturally contract if you just caught the disease through sexual contact, which is how you catch it. What does that also tell? Oh, here's another thing I saw the other day. I don't think I had this in the article. What this does, there was one lady that I heard an interview of, and she was talking about this. I just can't include it all. And she was saying that one of the things that this does, she had actually overheard two teenage girls talking. And the one teenage girl said to the other, she says, yeah, she said, I got that shot where I can have sex now with anyone. That's how these girls are brainwashed into thinking. They're thinking that I get this HPV shot, now I can go out and I can just do whatever I want. I can totally play the whore and there's no repercussions whatsoever because I'll be protected from the HPV. When it's exactly the exact opposite. It doesn't protect you from anything. It causes this. It's contaminated with HPV. And it sure doesn't protect you from anything else. They have this false sense of security in their head. Now I'm protected. Now I can really go play the whore. I'm sorry, but that's basically what it is, isn't it? Um, that's a whole other aspect to this that I've never even brought up. So, who knows how many... Her point was, who knows how many girls now are going to go out there 
thinking, well, I don't need to have any protection. I don't need him to use a condom or whatever. And, and basically have unprotected sex and then really contract a host of diseases. And then, you know, the, the inevitable pregnancies, which will probably be aborted, more sacrifices to Satan. That's how the occultists view it, that run the abortion clinics, that own them. They view them as sacrifices to their whatever uh, satanic deity they worship. Artemis, Lilith, Moloch, Chemosh, whatever, whatever flavor of the month devil they want to dedicate these sacrifices to in order to get whatever they're trying to get, either financially or whatever. I'm just being brutally honest. I've done a whole teaching on that, the the um, regarding just key and abortion in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. The occult roots of abortion. It's totally rooted in Satanism. I mean, you go back to the Old Testament. They sacrifice their children unto Moloch. Chemosh, you know. They typically did it for financial gain. In this report, they found a Gardasil victim found to have HPV DNA in her blood two years post-vaccination. Now, this is this is a girl that never had HPV. But two years later, they found the HPV in her blood. Where did it come from? It came from the vaccination, because it was contaminated with it. 13 different vaccine vials, 13 different lots from, of Gardasil from around the world were tested. Results. Isn't that funny? 13 different vaccine vials, 13 different lots of Gardasil from around the world. And what were the results? 100% contamination with HPV recombinant DNA. It's always about the DNA. It's the DNA of the human papilloma virus in a genetically engineered and altered way. Franken virus. Which is probably far worse than just the one that came about, I don't know exactly where its origin was, but and just read to you the first uh, article. Samevax tested 13 vials of Gardasil vaccine from 6 different countries and found that all were contaminated with genetically modified HPV DNA. The me- and this is the, the same company, Samevax, actually was pleading to take Gardasil off the market. This is a vaccine company that was pleading knowing that it was bad, and yet they weren't even listened to. It's pretty bad when one of the bad guys says, this is horrific, take it off the market, and they're ignored. It's pretty bad. But see, Satan has his agenda, and he's been able to implement a large part of his agenda mightily through vaccinations. Because he knows, Satan knows, and his demons and devils and fallen angels know what's really going on with the vaccines. They know they're corrupting the seed of man. They know they're bringing all types of suffering and horrific diseases and mental problems, autism and things of this nature, through the vaccines. They know what they're doing, and they love every minute of it. Going further, the vaccine maker Merck has claimed for the last five years on the package insert that the vaccine contains no viral DNA. They're liars from the pit of stinking hell. Like their word means anything. 
Their father is Satan. He's the father of lies. And of Satan's lusts, they will do. That claim quietly, this claim that there was no viral DNA on the package insert, quietly disappeared from the insert this past April without any explanation, warning, or notice being offered to the public. Keep in mind that the National Institutes of Health holds a patent on the technology that makes the HPV vaccine possible. Profiting the National Institutes of Health, oh, this is a governmental agency designed to protect us, right? No, they're designed to facilitate Satan's agenda and to implement pure evil and corruption and the tainting of man's DNA. That's what they're about. None of these governmental entities have not been compromised. None of them. They all have been. But the National Institutes of Health holds a patent on the technology that makes HPV vaccines possible, profiting off every HPV vaccine sold. So it's like the fox guarding the hen house. They're profiting off it. And yet they're the, you know, supposedly they're to protect us. And what that might mean with disrespect, with, with respect to the Department of Health and Human Services, taking appropriate action on all the emerging and glaring problems with these vaccines. Going further, it says, this is especially important information to get into public view, as California just passed a law mandating children as young as 12 to be given the vaccine without parental consent being required. Call Governor Jerry Brown and tell him to veto the law. I mean, this is a vaccine company that found this. It was 100% contamination. So if you get the Gardasil shot, you're, you're going to have live, genetically altered HPV human papillomavirus circulating in your bloodstream. The only chance you have is either God intervening and neutralizing this, which I'm not saying you can't, or that your own immune system is strong enough to deal with it on its own. Now, they could make it to where nobody's immune system could handle it, and everybody would be turning up, but that would be stupid on their part, because that would be so flagrantly obvious if all kind of girls, every single one of them just started turning up. So they make it weak enough where, yeah, we're still defiling their DNA, and we know some girls are going to die, and we know that there's going to be horrific side effects on a whole bunch of people, but we're not going to make it so obvious that everybody's just, like, out of there almost dropping dead the next day after they get the vaccine. That would just be too flagrant. Remember, Satan is the most subtle beast of the field. And if there's no public outcry, and if there's no prayer going up regarding this, this matter... Well, then that just gives the green light to the Illuminati to implement their agenda even further. I'm going to go ahead and put this in the uh, my teaching right now. Add this in because I think it's very pertinent. Okay, so we're gonna I'm going to play a clip here now, and we're going to then segue back to the Gardasil issue because it's it's just not about Gardasil. This is basically just a great example of a truth that's come out about a particular vaccine that really does apply to a certain extent to all vaccinations, not just Gardasil, 
but just this happens to be the one they're really, really, really trying to shove down everyone's throat. And it just so happens to be one of the most horrific. So here's a clip from um, Alex Jones. We're just going to glean a little bit here. A few-minute clip from, uh, it's entitled, Alex Interviews a Man with an Autistic Son. So we're going to go ahead and roll this one. Hearing this little kid and, and, and his dad talk about what happened to him. See, Pol Pot lined up people and shot them. They, they were educated and intelligent. The globalists just try to damage us all. They soft kill us. Let's, let's go to the clip. And again, it, this is, it's called soft kill, what they're doing here. Instead of line us up like in a Stalinist or Pol Pot or Hitlerian regime, this is different. The New World Order, Satan's going about this in a different tact. So this this is this is just an example of that. Alright, we're here at in the Fed, October seventh, two thousand and eleven, and we've been here about three hours. I was getting ready to go get on the bus. I was getting ready in the Fed. I was getting ready to get on the bus and drive down to Houston where we are tomorrow and in San Antonio the next day. And I walked over to the police, some of which were smiling, but others of which were laughing. And I said, listen, autism was, 30 years ago, 1 in 25,000. Now it's 1 in 58. Brain degenerative stuff is off the chart. 1 in 25,000, 35 years ago. Now it's 1 in 58. And that's what they admit to. So, what's been the big difference in the last 30 years that's caused this absolute total epidemic of autism? What's been the vaccinations? And it's so obvious because these children get vaccinated and they're autistic the next day. Or within a week. Or max usually a month. I mean, that's it's total correlation between the two. And there's thousands and thousands of, of examples of this, and it's just totally suppressed in the uh, satanically controlled media. Arch cancer's tripled. Diabetes has tripled in a decade. I've got all the government documents where they're killing us, and some of the cops were laughing. And there are, there are cancer viruses in particularly the polio vaccine, and I believe many other I believe all, vi- all vaccines cause cancer to a certain extent. And even the, uh, the diabetic epidemic, who knows how much of it is there. I, I don't know the full extent of what the vaccines are actually doing to us. They're like ticking time bombs in the body. And it's not like you get, you get a polio vaccine, let's say you got it back in the 60s and you have cancer the next day. It's something that's like a ticking time bomb. But it is a component of why cancer has exploded and, and why it's so prevalent now as well. I was warning them about their families because they're not going to listen now. But as more and more people get sick in this soft kill system that the globalists have launched, people are going to wake up. Monsanto, our our life cycle is 20 years per generation. So remember, when your children die of cancer, and this poor child brain damaged by the shots, remember... He, Alex is talking to all these cops there, uh, basically telling them, you know, when, you're, when your wife, wife dies of cancer and when this and this happens, remember, you were warned, essentially. Remember, remember this wasn't a joke. Remember what you're protecting. When you're lowering your into the grave. Or when your wife died at 35 of cancer. I can't hear them. They did it. They did it all. You understand that? He's pointing to the Fed building, which they're guarding. Okay, which is true, because the Illuminati, the essence of the Illuminati is controlling of the money. 
And the Fed, which prints money out of essentially thin air, uh, nothing back in it at all at this point, um, they are a major driver of the coming new world order, of the coming one world currency, coming one world religion, coming one world economic and political system. Yes, I would believe the Fed would be near the very top of the food chain regarding that. How you doing? God bless you, brother. Hey, God bless you. An example is within three generations of guinea pigs and rats, with all the major GMO crops, there's almost complete sterilization and massive mental retardation in all mammal species fed. So, all mammal species fed, fed three generations of GMO crops. There's almost total sterilization. Now, there's been movies about this, and Hollywood t- typically tends to telegraph things through movies about societies that come up where nobody, n- nobody can bear children. The men are sterile, the women are sterile. They're doing so many things to sterilize people, including the vaccinations and the GMOs, and so many different things, additives and foods and, and the fluoride and, and all the garbage they put in the water and in the air. Again, Satan, they're trying aggressively to depopulate the planet. Satan's agenda is death and killing. And that's just more proof of that. Three generations of major GMO crops. This is done by, on purpose. This is the globalist White House science are said they want to put stuff in the food. But the chemical bioweapon they've launched on little boys, I was over telling the cops, warning them, because you know, we're all in this together, and people that feel like they're part of the system don't understand. And it was kind of funny to some of them, others were, you know, took it serious. And this gentleman said, no, right here, my son. Now, 1 in 25,000, 1 in 58, cancer, tripled. They're killing us, and I've covered all the documents, all the plans. It's all declassified, but people can't face up what they're doing to us. HIV was created, everything. They learned the Nazis just mowed people down with tanks. Now they put it in your food and your water. The fluoride, all of it. It is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And so this gentleman came over and volunteered for he and his son. His son's autistic to talk about what vaccines did. Sir, tell us your name and what happened to you. Here's the mic. My name is Jimmy Beckway, and uh, several years ago... So this man starts talking now. And, I mean, his son's obviously uh, mentally... Not there. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be mean. I'm just saying he's, he's definitely, um, there's some serious mental issues you can just tell by looking at him. And, and this man's just going to tell a story. He's just one of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of parents that have had the same exact scenario, uh, some worse, some less worse, happen to their children. Oh, Sean Michael here, my second son, who's 10 years old. He received a vaccine, and a, a little while later, he started exhibiting symptoms of autism. And according to the MD who's treating him alternatively, it was definitely the vaccines which caused this. And you can do research on the Internet anywhere and find out about it, what all it's doing. Like Alex said, now one in every 58 children is autistic. There has to be something going on. And it is uh, it is vaccines. I will never give either one of my two children a vaccine again as long as I live. Even if it means my death, I will not give them a vaccine. You heard me say the same thing. You're going to have to kill me to do that. Because I know that there's death in that shot. I know there is. And it's getting more and more and more flagrantly obvious that that is exactly the case, exactly as I've been reporting on since this ministry started. And it's just getting more flagrant now. They're starting to show, their, there's, there's more resistance now. They're starting to come 
against, and as there's more resistance, it seems as though they're getting more flagrant. The the New World Order boys. They're most definitely waking up to the fact because um, respectable, mainstream, professional, entirely intelligent people are are, are now realizing for themselves that this is affecting their families. You know, if autism doesn't affect you now, then it certainly will in the future because the numbers are going up so quickly. So people are coming to the realization in the saddest, most tragic possible way, and that is a personal experience of the problem. And um, it's just too big now to, to brush under the carpet. Okay, so that was Dr. Andrew, an, an, an MD, Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Uh, I had a lot of people email me and ask me, well, what can you do? Well, there's a lot of things that I believe you can do. I think the company that probably has been on one of the cutting edge areas of helping this to detoxify a lot of these contaminants out of the body is BioRay Labs. B-I-O-R-A-Y. BioRay Labs. And they've got a whole protocol. Now, the products aren't cheap, but I believe they've got, as far as a track record, as far as documentation, some of the best documentation out there. Pre and post autistic cases where children have been like almost essentially totally healed. They, they were autistic and now they're not. Pre and post handwriting samples you can view and things of this nature. And they've got a product called NDF. NDF Plus, I believe is one of their their uh, foundational products. And they've also got a lot of other things up there for detoxification of the liver and putting the good flora back in your body and things of this nature. I think they're one of the best. Uh, I would think that we had talked about earlier last week clay, bentonite clay, being a tremendous way to detoxify radiation out of the body, but also um, toxins from the body in general. Uh, whole body cleanses, things of this nature that are that are good. That, that you you really just want to get this garbage out of your body in, in any fashion that you can do that. So these are just some things that you can uh, do keyword searches for on the internet. Bioray Labs, you'll find them, and uh, the NDF product, NDF Plus, I believe, is one of their foundational ones, but. I had a person ask me, what ones do I do? Well, I'm not like the expert regarding exactly what to do as a protocol to get this out, but they are. So whatever they're going to recommend to you, I would follow their recommendations uh, regarding that. So let's go back then to this next article here, which is entitled The Truth About Gardasil. Gardasil is an HPV vaccine touted to fight cancer. What they are not telling you is that thousands of girls are having adverse reactions to the HPV vaccine. Some have even died at last count. At least 103 girls have died from this vaccine. I believe that's probably very conservative, honestly. Um, but you know, um, it's from their from their estimations, 103 have died. Well, and then it goes on to say, now this is a website that's trying to get the truth out about this particular subject, and they're trying to be proactive. Uh, it goes on to say, we've got to do something about this. These girls need our help. These girls are having such reactions as seizures, strokes, dizziness, fatigue, weakness, headaches, stomach pains, vomiting, muscle pain, and weakness, joint pain, autoimmune problems, chest pains, hair loss, appetite loss, personality changes, insomnia, hand-leg tremors, arm-leg weakness, shortness of breath, Heart problems, paralysis, itching, rashes, swelling, aching, muscles, pelvic pain, 
nerve pain, menstrual cycle changes, fainting, swollen lymph nodes, night sweats, nausea, temporary vision and hearing loss, just to name some of them. Yeah, I mean, it's a really wonderful, wonderful vaccine that does so much for humanity. I'll tell you, I mean, where do I sign up? I mean, this is just great stuff. Um, obviously, I'm being sarcastic. There is no known medical treatment to help these girls. Medical. Okay. Uh, as they suffer in silence, the doctors, if they even admit the connection, have no idea how to help them. So they spend their days going from appointment to appointment, from specialist to specialist, trying to find someone to help them. Yeah, fat chance of you finding anybody in the medical profession that's going to really help you with this. See, you have to understand, they're part of the system. They're part of the system that perpetuates the, the um, sale and injection of Gardasil. It's going to be very, very hard to go to them and find the answers. Okay, And again, that's why I would, I would tend to refer people to the natural alternatives I've talked about in the past, and particularly Bioarray Labs regarding this particular issue. I think they've got the best track record. Uh, going further here... Uh, Many of these families have started looking for help outside of mainstream medicine. However, most insurance plans do not cover this type of treatment, and as a result, this route is out of reach for many girls. Well, it's true. I mean, the, the, if they're part of the system, and the insurance companies are part of the system as well, they're sure not going to do anything to cover alternative treatments. You know, that would defeat the whole purpose. That would, that would be counterproductive to the pharma cartel's money-making machine. As you look at the faces on this page, I mean, if you click on the link there, um, it says, remember that these are just some of the thousands of girls whose lives have been affected by Gargasol. Sadly, one of the girls pictured above on, the, on their homepage, Jessie Erickson, passed away just two days after her third Gardasil injection. Now, to me, it's, it's unconscionable that evidently she was up there. She had already been vaccine damaged from the first two. She went ahead and got the, the third one, and then she died. I mean, her picture was already up on the website. She'd already been damaged. Her parents were... Why in the planet would they go through with the third injection? I I don't understand that. I mean, okay. Damaged a little. Damaged a lot from the first one. Damaged more from the second one. You're going to go through with the third one? She dies? Whew, I don't. I don't understand it. If you or someone you know is experiencing any side effects or you would just like to contact us, you can do so at... Uh, moderator at truthaboutgardasil.org. Now remember, this is a PDF that will be connected to the 10-16-2011 teaching. And uh, you can go up there and this will all be in print for you. You can click on the... They've even got a forum for other Gardasil victims to go up there and, and kind of network with. Uh, the actual link to the website is in the actual header for this. It's called The Truth About Gardasil. And I'm going to go ahead and play, they've got a little tiny uh, video that they have up on their website regarding this Gardasil thing. I'm going to go ahead and play this now. I want to be one less. One less. I want to be one less woman who will battle... One less women that will battle HPV. I didn't even know about these commercials. And... One less, one less what? One less person on the planet because you're dead from the injection? One less uh, woman being able to cognitively function and have a, have a fully functioning immune system? That's what it should be, one less of. You know, but they're, no, they're saying this is such propaganda and garbage is what this is. 
Okay, one less woman that dies of cervical cancer. We're going to really key on that one point coming up. We're going to zero in on the cervical cancer issue. And we're going to see how much validity there is to this lies and satanic garbage that's being shoved down humanity's throat through these lying commercials and other propaganda that they're putting out. The only vaccine that may help protect you from the four types of human papillomavirus Lies. that can cause 70% of cervical cancer. With Gardasil, my daughter can be one less. Your daughter can be one less. At your daughter's next checkup, ask about getting her vaccinated with the only cervical cancer vaccine, Gardasil. 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 I want to be one less. I want to be one less. After being given the cervical cancer vaccine Gardasil, health authorities are urging parents to stay calm. A government report out today raises new worries about the safety of a cervical cancer vaccine. Two studies just published in the Journal of the American Medical Association are raising new questions about the safety of this vaccine. Some 30 million doses of Gardasil have now been given. And an Oklahoma teenager is suing the drug maker, claiming that Gardasil gave her pancreatitis. But another teenager is dying. Medical authorities have declared the reactions aren't linked to Gardasil. They've blamed fear of needles. As Paul, the government concluded there's no link between... So, there's, there's no link. It's the fear of the needles that's causing these girls to die and be damaged. Like, I mean, it's just like they treat humanity essentially like a bunch of brainless idiots, essentially. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that, that's, that's such an asinine statement. You wouldn't even know where to begin. Gardasil and serious adverse events. A 14-year-old was vaccinated along with most of her school yesterday. It's understood that around lunchtime, shortly after having the injection, she turned pale, stopped breathing, and collapsed. When her daughter received Gardasil, everything changed. Her teen suffers from seizures and has brain damage. As Royal Day reports, Wolf claims it's because her daughter got the Gardasil vaccine. All of this makes you wonder just what millions of Americans are taking and if, in fact, consumers are being taken. VAERS had received 27 reports of death. The FDA has received reports of 28 deaths. Jessica Erickson, Emily Tarsell's daughter, Chris, deaths of 32 women. It's basically written off as a coincidence. Not connected to the number of people getting Gardasil may double. The public is being used as a large-scale public health test. But in this case, I don't think we yet know the long-term benefits or risks. There are almost 50 deaths that have been associated with the vaccine. It's irresponsible not to take that. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Richardson, and I'm the producer for the feature-length documentary, One More Girl. My name is David, and I'm the director. We're here in Kickstarter because we're trying to raise money to make this film a reality. As it stands, we currently are in pre-production, and we need supporters like you to make this film happen. Now, just so you know, they needed like 37000 for this movie to expose Gardasil. They've already got 42000 over 42000 So, it, it, it's really, they're saying that anybody that would send in any more money at this point is just going to make the film better. But they've already got the money to make it, which is, which is awesome. But this is their story. One More Girl follows the stories of several girls and show how their lives have been changed and ruined by this HPV vaccine. About a year ago, our little sister was pushed by doctors to get the vaccine. Immediately after getting the shot, she collapsed on the ground and had a seizure. She never had a seizure before in her life, and the doctor said she just fainted because of fear of needles. Immediately we knew something was up, so we began to research. 
what we found astonished us. Across the globe, there were thousands of other girls that had experienced similar side effects, but in some cases much worse. Please help us make this documentary and make it a reality by sharing it, donating, and telling all your friends and family. We need to make this happen and be a part of our documentary. Thank you. As of January 7, 2011, VAERS reports 21,133 injuries connected to HPV vaccines and 89 deaths. And that's, I guarantee you, that's probably not even remotely accurate. Only 1 in 10% of all injuries are even reported. So 1 to 10% of all injuries are even reported. There's 89 deaths, over 21,000 reaction. Now, (laughs) if it's 1%, you can times all that by 100 10% 10% being best case scenario times all that by 10. Knowing that this is something that Satan would really want to cover up and make sure nobody ever finds out about. HPV vaccines are now being given to boys. Why? Well, so that they won't get cervical cancer, silly. Even though they don't have a cervix. This is how insane things are, are, are getting and, and how, I don't know. I just, it's unbelievable what they're doing. Unbelievable. So anyway, that's that's the end of it. I give you all the links if you want to go to their website. Uh, the thing about these types of subjects is you can use these things to an unsafe person as a potential ice-breaking tool. Because if you can get somebody to wake up on one level You never know what door that might open to other things. Because this is truth. And God operates in truth. What is truth? The Bible says, thy word is truth. God operates in truth. Getting this out, maybe exposing somebody to the truth about this particular subject. And let's say somebody's been... Vaccine damaged. It's near and dear to their heart. This is a special, like, to a particular family. This might be a way, ultimately, you could actually end up leading someone to the Lord Jesus Christ through things like this. That's what this whole ministry is kind of based off. You know, end time, current events, how they relate to the Bible, what is really being done, what is the satanic agenda. And, I mean, this is so flagrantly obvious that even the hardest... um, critic about a certain thing, they're really not going to be able to refute any of this information. It's all documented. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the cervical cancer issue, because I had an email this week from a, from a pastor. He, he was well-meaning, and, and um, ultimately ended up partying on very good terms. He was a reasonable man, but see, his experience had been where he had presided over women that had died of cervical cancer, and I believe it was his wife worked in a can- an oncology cancer type of setting and saw cases of cervical cancer. So in his eyes, it's a really, really prevalent thing, and Gardasil would possibly be warranted because of that, even though it does nothing to prevent that. And actually, like I said, there's live HPV, 100% contamination. They've admitted to it. So how are you going to prevent something when you're ejecting the very thing into their bloodstream? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's insane. But I did some research this week on cervical cancer. Now, this is from their, quote, their statistics. This is what the, you know, um, this is from, um, 
their official statistics, okay, the government's official statistics regarding cervical cancer, which is what the ultimate reason that we're supposed to actually get the Gardasil shot, because supposedly the HPV causes the cervical cancer. And so by preventing HPV, which it would only cause because the live virus is actually in there, and that's already been proven, but supposedly by getting this, you're going to prevent cervical cancer. Okay, now, who are they targeting? Who's the targeted demographic? Well, you know, preteen girls, 11, 12, 13, you know, in, into the teens and these types. Those, that's the demographic they're trying to target. Satan wants to get them as young as he can. He wants to defile their DNA as much as he can. That's why they start vaccinations pretty much at birth, because Satan wants that, that defilement to happen as early as possible. He wants to get them every possible way that he can, body, soul, and spirit. And it's a great way to do that and to accomplish that. But let's look, let's look at their official statistics. This is regarding cervical cancer. This was part of my response back to this pastor. And regarding cancer, it is estimated that 12,200 women will be diagnosed with and 4,210 women will die of cervical cancer in 2010. Okay, so a total in America of 4,200 women will die of cervical cancer of the cervix in 2010. 4,200. So, if we compare this death statistic for cervical cancer in 2010 with the official statistics for total cancer deaths in 2010, and I give you a link, all of this is not my opinion, it's all straight from the horse's mouth, okay, the official total admitted cancer deaths, and this is probably a gross underestimation, is 569,490. That's the total cancer deaths that they admit to for 2010. Okay, You will quickly see that cervical cancer deaths for 2010 only comprise 0.74% of all cancer deaths in the U.S. for 2010. 0.74%. Not 1%. Not even 1%. About three quarters of 1%. All the cancer deaths in the United States, that's what cervical cancer amounts to. Okay? Which is a very small percentage indeed. It is so small, they don't even list cervical cancer on their death charts that, that are listed where it breaks down like, okay, pancreatic cancer, uh, breast cancer, lung cancer. Cervical cancer is not even on the, on the radar. It's not even part of the, the chart that I looked at where we got the official numbers. I also find it ironic that this report goes on to say, from 2003 to 2007, the median age of, of um, death for cancer of the cervix is 57 years old. 57 years old is the median age of death. Now listen to this. Approximately 0.0% died under the age of 20 of cervical cancer. Now, this is from their statistics, not mine, theirs. All of this you can click on. It'll be on page 5 of the PDF for um, October 16, 2011 on contendingfortruth.com. 0.0%, meaning none, no girls died of cervical cancer under the age of 20. Not one. 
according to their statistics. Out of 4,200 women, over 4,200 women that died. So what this means is that the very time period these young adolescent to teen girls are being targeted for the HPV Gardasil vaccine, there is a 0.0% chance or incidence of them dying of cervical cancer. Is this insanity? This is, this is something I found by accident almost because I wanted to, when I saw this email from this pastor, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take this one lying down. I'm going to go in there and get the official statistics because he was from a medical background and I'm going to give him what the MD, what the medical world absolutely, totally admits to. And this is what they're saying. Zero percent chance of them dying from cervical cancer under the age of 20. And that's the very time the Gardasil vaccine is administered. And they don't even know, they're they're even self-admitting, they don't even know, even though, like I said, it causes it, they even admit that it's it's actual um, time that it protects the woman, which it does the exact opposite, might not be more than anywhere from one to three to four years. So, I mean, it's not like it's lifetime protection for cervical cancer. I'm glad that pastor emailed me because it forced me to do this, which just totally confirmed to the nth degree everything that we're talking about. What a fraud that this Gardasil vaccine is. And they are, I mean, you talk about rapidly pushing this thing. The governor of California now, you know, you don't need parental consent, little girl. As long as you're 12, you're old enough to make up your mind. You, mommy and daddy don't need to know. Man, I'll tell you, that is, you talk about injustice and unrighteousness. A medical study derived at, and I give you the link, clearly shows that HPV, now there's different strains, Supposedly, Gardasil supposedly protects against the four strains that are most prevalently causing cervical cancer, which is a total joke, like I said, because there's live HPV vaccine, live HPV in the vaccine. If anything, it's going to cause it. Sure ain't going to prevent it. And then you look at all the other things that we just talked about. Anyway, it clearly shows that HPV 16 and 18 are not even prevalent. Now, this is a Colombian study in Colombian women until their mid-20s. In other words... Women that typically get HPV through, I guess, I don't know, sexually transmitted things, that HPV 16 and 18, they're not even prevalent in Colombian women until they're in their mid-20s, long after the vaccine efficacy has worn off. If a girl is administered Gardasil Gardasil, or Cerevax, which is another name for it, in her adolescent years, which is what I was just talking about, they they don't even... the vaccine efficacy, the, the, the lifetime of which it supposedly guards you, has long worn off after the very time when they're actually most likely contra- to contract HPV. Just one more thing uh, regarding this. Now, had a listener, long-time listener, and she was listening to me last week, and she says, in part three you talk about the Gardasil vaccine being abortifactive, meaning it causes abortions. The vaccine that was causing all the miscarriages in autumn of 2000, in autumn of 2009 was the H1N1 flu vaccine. I wanted to throw that in there because, yeah, that was a correction I wanted to make. Now, I'm not saying Gardasil can't be abortifactive. 
okay? It definitely can cause sterilization, as they found, one of the many, many side effects. Um, and again, most all the vaccines anymore are in some way, shape, or form going to either cause sterilization or be an abortifactor. Remember I talked about the the board that they had up on the on the internet and the women were going up there and the one lady was saying, yeah, I, I, I miscarried, you know, a day after I got the H1N1 swine flu vaccine. Remember when all that was going on? Well, I've done a series of studies on that. Just came swine flu in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Now, that information's dated, but there's still a lot of truth you could glean if you wanted to know more about that. And um, there was woman after woman after woman. And these women, it's not like they were being coerced. It's not like they were being paid. They had a support forum on the internet for all these women that had miscarried their children in close proximity after getting the H1N1 flu vaccine. Uh, So I wanted to make that correction. Anyway, she says, I remember contending vigorously with a couple of my pregnant cousins at the time over the safety of the vaccine. I showed them the message boards of the women aborting their children, and neither of them were impressed. (laughs) What would it take you to be convicted? If that's not going to do it, if women going up there just basically flat out telling you have nothing to gain, sharing their experience, if that's not... all I could think is their conscience has truly been seared with a hot iron, like the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1, which is kind of a mark of the end times. They have no... Also, the Bible talks, Jesus Christ talked about there being, particularly with mothers, a lack of natural affection. The love of many, as I said, waxing cold. I mean, it's not like natural affection. I mean, if you see women and they're boarding their children and you're pregnant... And you're like, ah, I don't care, whatever. Well, I would question if you really love the baby in your womb. What other conclusion could I possibly draw? Your mother of the year? And women are women are miscarrying like crazy? I don't care. It's just a fetus. Blob of material. No, it's not. Life begins at conception, ma'am. The Bible says, God said to Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He knows us before we're formed in the womb. So don't tell me life doesn't begin at conception. It's sickening. Their their minds are darkened. Now I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect. I'm just commonsensical stuff here. My word, you would think that if you showed that to someone, the message boards, they'd be like running from it. And, and, and I mean, doing everything they could do to prevent, ah, whatever. And they both ended up delivering healthy children. So in their eyes, it was all just blotted. Now remember what I said earlier. This isn't going to happen to everyone. If it was happening, if like every girl that was receiving Gardasil was, was receiving Horrific, horrific side effects. They could not pull this agenda off. It has to be more subtle than that. Who knows what's happened to them on a spiritual level, though? Who knows what possible demon you may have just adopted as a result of that witch's brew being ejected into you? This is satanic. 
These are high-level Luciferians that own these companies. Could they be having rituals regarding their cursed wares that are going out the door to be injected into these young girls or into these young babies and children? Who knows what kind of rituals might be going on? Oh, now you've really gone over the edge. I I don't think we know the half of it. I don't think any of us do. What goes on behind closed doors. And I know one thing, that these satanic pharma companies, particularly the ones that make the vaccines, are some of the most wicked, evil people on the planet. I've proven that over and over and over again. You couldn't trust them any farther than you could throw them. And you're entrusting their... Of all things, something to be injected directly in your bloodstream. You're trusting the most evil, wicked, Luciferian-based companies on the planet. And you're trusting them with your health, 100%, when you agree to that injection. Let's go further. And then she goes on to say, their attitudes were, well, it didn't happen to me, so it's all good. You don't you don't know what happened. You might not have lost your baby. You don't know how your baby might be affected though from that vaccine. I mean the blood the mother's blood supply feeds the baby. The baby got a dose of that vaccine. I don't know from a spiritual level what's happening. This vaccine nearly took out my dad though. The H1N1 swine flu nearly killed her dad. I told him not to get it, but he did, and mom had a hard time, a time and a half caring for him. Mom actually listened to me when I said not to get it, and after seeing what dad went through, she was very grateful for the warning. So, that's just one vaccine. One thing about it, my job is becoming increasingly easier, because it's getting so flagrant and so in your face, and so obvious and so cross-confirmatory of almost every other teaching I've ever done, that it just emboldens me, essentially, to be more passionate about this. I can be anything but passionate about death and destruction and evil prevailing and and these wicked, evil commercials and companies and and governors and, and all these people in high places that are a literal abomination in God's sight. Calling something evil good. And good being called evil. Here's another one. Shocking news for my company. Now now this is one I'm going to have to end here. I'm way over time on this teaching, sorry. Uh, I'm going to pick up with this. This is a letter I got from one of my listeners. And um, we're going to go ahead and end part one here and go to part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-R, Boulevard West, number 202, third line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.